and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The podcasting equivalent of a crow with back fat. Oh. Uh, just flapping about. Isn't it? I, do you know, because the reason is I've, I've had a bit of, a bit of, I've not been to the gym in a few days and I just noticed the kind of back fatness. Oh. I, do you know what, do you know what back, you know, back fat, just in that. Back you know fat. Yeah, just like the lower bit. It's kind lower of like I'm searching. Kind of like, yeah, there, there, there. You've got it. Right. I can see on the screen. You've just got it. Oh, sorry. Just heads up. A small disclaimer. Um, I don't have my microphone at the moment. I'm on leave. Oh, so Alex, you're coming on leave. So that's why I sound. No, I can bit, see. Oh, I can see. A little bit different. Oh, um, I see. I, I'm sounding a, a, a little bit hoarse, as it were. But yeah, God, my blooming. Anyway, so yeah. I'm. Uh, well, I hate to. I, I, I hate in. to. I hate to shame you or anything, but I, I actually don't have any back fat. I'm, my my back's quite lean. All all my, all, all my fat's yeah, in my gut. Look, look, look! It's like there. See. Oh. See what I mean? It's fucking minging. Anyway, this <laughs> right? Is a okay. Movies podcast, everyone. So. Yeah, no. This is actually this is actually the weekly therapy that we do for this each other, it, where yeah. we just get get over our um bo- our body issues. We just bod- body, yeah. We but we body shame ourselves. It's a good we thing. Do, it's building. Do. It's building character. Because yeah, no, yeah, yeah. if because you, you, no one can hold it against you if no, you no, do no, it to yourself. This uh, is, and this is the thing, isn't it? Do you know right? I wish when I was younger and I was getting bullied to fucking school, I wish someone had said to me, just just do it yourself. Because if you do it, they won't say it. And yeah. I wish it's such a simple lesson. I can't wait to have kids and for my kids to be bullied. That's the thing. I oh, you're right. Okay. I, I am desperate for my children to be like tormented and bullied so that uh, I can, you know, impart some real wisdom on them. You can be like that. Tell, tell them you've got it'll the happen. back fat. Get your back fat out for them. Yeah, yeah. You know no, no, no. They it'll won't ha- be able to do it. Yeah, no, it'll, it'll, and honestly, I truly believe it'll happen for you, mate, because <laughs> if they're completely loved in school, I'll, I'll come over and I'll make them feel like shit. That would be great. I'll do, do you know, that. that would I will, be it. I will be, do that for you. you. That's how much over, I love you. Come over and just and and verbally verbally belittle my children because yeah. it, it it's resilient. It's really good for them, and they yeah, like yeah. it because they look back and they're like, Uncle Alex did it. He like really yeah, yeah. taught taught us those lessons, and um, I mean the physical, you know, the, the sort of the, the kind of wrestling stuff was a bit not on. You know, we were yeah, yeah. sort of six. Um, uh, and I mean that, that, you know, that those scars won't go away. Well, I know, but that was your, that was your fault for putting an octagon in yeah. your garage, mate. I mean, you got it. Get an MMA, your kids. Your your royal your royal your royal rumble. How many nine year olds think you could take in a one Like if they're just coming at you, right? Like okay. you've actually we, have we done this joke? No, no, you've actually hit you've actually hit on a very serious like question that I've had. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, yeah. obviously, I'm a teacher of a sort, yeah. right? <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. No, and I say it on a sort because 90 percent of the teaching I do is one to one, right? Uh-huh. And you, you so it's have, easy. It's a cage no, it's match. It's easy because you can you can, you can have the lippiest kids in the world, but if it's one to one, they're not going to say shit to you. Honestly, they yeah, don't. They, sure, they really, sure. Really don't. But there's just this question that exists in the back of my mind when <laughs> when it, when it, when in a class scenario, and I look at these kids, and they're all sitting there, very very you know very well well behaved, and I just keep thinking. What happens when one of you realizes that there are more of you than there is of me? <laughs> yeah, and what happened? And what happens when you realize that you don't actually have to do anything that yeah, I say? That's it. You don't have to do any of it. 
No, that's it. And well, it's Alex. mental. And I, I actually, I, I made the mistake of asking that to a primary school teacher in the primary school that I work at. Uh, I made the mistake of asking that to her, and she was like, "Do you know? I've never actually considered that." And that's oh gonna, no, that, no, that, and that, no, that's gonna keep that's, gonna, that's gonna keep me up at night. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That 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 that's to, that's totally uh, that's totally true. But it's kind of hey, parables, mate. Kind of like the government, eh? Oh, yes, society oh. fan. There you oh, are. Right. We don't have to. Oh, but I get, sorry to get a bit political. All right, in this all evening, right. so we're recording pretty straight after. Um, where there's not a huge amount of moving forward. In fact, thank God there was so much. So we're we're because we're on leave. We're recording this quite early. Um, it's because it's nice on a Monday evening to get political. Absolutely, um, a little bit. Oh, and but back. But back to the other question, I mean, you couldn't, I said, would you be able to, would you rather fight 10 nine-year-olds or one 90-year-old? The trick question oh, here. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> no, right, okay, so yeah. as far as rules go, is the, are there any, like, moral, is there kind of, like, any moral backlash to either <laughs> beating up a 90-year-old or beating a, or fighting 10 nine-year-olds? No, 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 like, no. Is nobody no, gonna nobody no gonna backlash. judge you for it? It's literally just about the physical confrontation. It's just a, it's no, a physical. Comp- you're in a field. They're in a field. They're coming at you. Um, there's no moral the, concerns at all. Just, 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 just choose which is easiest. I'll Go take on. kids. You would. Yeah, I'll okay. take the kids. Now they they do all have they do all have uh, knives. Yeah, then the, gra- then the then the old man. Yeah, the old man with the old man with the the rod of uranium. Are you sure? Mate, if he's got a rod sure? of uranium, that's yeah. getting him way before he gets me. <laughs> no, he does, exactly, but he's 19, he ain't gonna shit. He's, he's, guess what he's gonna do after that? He's gonna fly into a helicopter, he's gonna right. jump in a helicopter and crash into the sea in a big ball I feel of like we're go- I feel like we're going down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> he's gonna do this. I love ne- doing next that. We're, <laughs> next we're, we're gonna, gonna get Haley Joel Osment coming on screen going, I just saw, I just saw an old man with a with a rod of uranium i see old men with rods of uranium i can't decide if he's dead or not (laughs) because we are not an old man with a rod of uranium podcast we are of course a music of movies podcast and each week we will discuss some of the most confusing and slow burner movies of the 90s and do you know like this is a this was a movie that it's in the zeitgeist it's everywhere and can i can i give you a little secret alex go on I'd never seen this movie until <gasps> about two hours ago. Ooh, can I tell you a little secret? Yes. I'd not seen this movie until yesterday. Oh. Oh. So this is one of these movies that has kind of just existed for us for ages. Yeah. And but isn't it just never isn't it interesting? Because I was I was asking Ilham about this, and I'm actually quite mm-hmm. excited. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it again with her because she wasn't uh, she had to go out to work, so she couldn't watch it with me. And I'm going to watch it with her because I was trying to explain to her that there are two movies that exist in pop culture and the zeitgeist and all that where you don't have to have seen it to know the truth. Uh, mm. Not the truth, but the twist. Yes, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. One of them is obviously Empire Strikes Star- Back. I was going to say Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, I Am Your Father. It's No, I Am Your Father. Yeah. Everyone yeah. knows that and you don't even have to see Star Wars, even though everyone in the world has seen Star Wars. Mm. And the other one is The Sixth Sense, which, spoiler, mm. spoiler alert, Bruce Willis was dead. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's dead at the end. Uh, now, when, when Bruce Willis was dead at the end of The Sixth Sense, I... <laughs> Just to my fact. <laughs> so, 
let's 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 get into this because I've got I've got quite a few overarching thoughts. Oh, I'm sorry. To... I didn't actually finish my I didn't actually finish my point there. Oh, right, finish your very point. No, my <laughs> this is this point is one of the most longest meandering, and plus you've got a, got a brilliant segue. That's why. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, the point, your point. Well, the point I was going to make was. Elham didn't know the twist. I asked her, "Do you know? Do you know the twist? Do you know about Sixth Sense?" She was like, "No, I don't know the twist." So I'm oh, I actually... figured that's what you were going to say. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, but I didn't actually end up saying it. So I thought uh-huh. for the listeners at home, I might as well just you know get to it. Well, just whatever you do, don't let her download that Lonely Island album because oh, if yeah. you let her listen to that that song, it's all over. But right? then I was trying to think. I was trying to think where did this get spoiled for me, and I and oh, I had to think: was it the Lonely Island though? That's the no. thing. Because, no, no, no. But think about the age that that Lonely Island song came out for you and me. Like we were, you, we were, we were in the middle of high school when that when yeah. that stuff came. Yeah, out. yeah, it was, yeah. Everyone it was, was very passing, rude. Pass, passing that stuff stuff around. You know, jizz in my pants and yes. dick in a box and on a yes. boat and all that. And do you think actually we learned that from the Lonely Island? No, I mean no, because that that that. No, that's the that it's a it's a wonderful piece of anarchy because obviously M Night Shyamalan has crafted this wonderful story to finish in this really amazing and actually quite satisfying way, um, and people who are fans of anarchy will love nothing more than just opening a window and just screaming because you can get that in one sentence. You can spoil that whole movie in one sentence for a yeah. crowd of people. Imagine you're on your own, crowd of people outside. You can fling your window open and go. Bruce Willis is dead in the sixth sense the whole time and close yeah. your window again. And you've caused chaos for about 25, 30 people on the street below you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and, I, and so I think it's, it set itself up to be a, a vestibule of anarchy and therefore at every opportunity, because we as the human, uh, human race, we, we can't have nice things. No, of that course movie not. is that movie has just been spoiled for all humans. Do you know what I mean? It's like if you make something, it is the most perfect twist. Therefore, yeah. it can't exist. And I didn't mean that to rhyme. Oh right, okay, well, very good. Well, you're you're a poet, and you didn't even know it. I can rhyme all the time. So yeah. I just wanted to go back to a piece you said earlier because there is a, a nice little segue into the twist sequence. Uh, the Sixth Sense was the second highest grossing film of 1999, taking in about 293 million in the US and 379 million in other markets. But can you tell me what film came first or was the highest grossing film of 1999? Look at you drink water, you know. Look at how smug he is. It's the Phantom Menace. <laughs> It's got to be the Phantom Menace. <laughs> of, of course it was yeah. the Phantom Menace. As far Menace, as the world exactly. is concerned, there's only one movie that came out in 1999, and that was the, that <laughs> yeah. was the Phantom Menace. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then the second question I have is, what would you class this movie as? Is this a horror movie? Definitely not. Definitely not. And I knew this because, obviously, Ilhem has got an amazingly low tolerance for anything scary. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. And I do think that there are several scenes in this movie that she would be extremely uncomfortable watching but i think she will enjoy it and yeah. that's why i don't think this is a horror movie i think this is no. uh and I, actually i don't actually think it's a thriller either no i just think i really do drama? think it's i really like do 90s? think it's a drama piece yeah i really do I think mean, that it's like a play isn't it i mean it's it's very slow this movie it's very meandering, but it's actually quite concise. Like, it's very well crafted. 
it's such a hallmark of the 90s, isn't yeah, it? I, mean, I don't know. I mean, such a... I was thinking it was more kind of immersive. I was thinking mm. immersive because there is a lot of the movie that happens before Haley Joel Osment even says, I see dead people, you know, that famous, that, that mm. famous thing. It's probably about halfway through the movie until he actually admits that. And beforehand, yeah. you're just like seeing this very troubled child and yeah, his yeah. and his counselor. Mm. But it's interesting. I mean, even, even Tony Collette, I mean, she'd said that she was so moved by the emotional resonance of the story while filming, she didn't even realize it was a horror film until after its release. And I, I just. I, I, I listen to that fact and I'm like, yeah, I get that. Like, I, I, I wouldn't have, you know, if you're reading that script and you don't know the twist, you would read that as, especially from her playing the mother, you know, really a, a mother yeah. who, you know, gets a really quite um, a, a nice, satisfying, you know, completely sort of spoilers, but she, she obviously hears about her mother and, and yep, the connection, yep. you know, her son. And, and, it's, and, and you watch things like that and you watch the sequence um, obviously at the end with Bruce Willis when he realises it's it's quite like um, it's quite a cathartic film as opposed to no horror films are supposed to be cathartic are they no um, not really and, I, and I mean, again that's why I, I don't think this is a horror movie I think I think it's got again with the scary scenes but scary scenes are there to elicit a certain reaction from mm. an audience but i don't think those reactions are the purpose of the whole movie i think those yeah. are the purposes for those specific scenes and i think they're only scary because it's through the eyes of this scared young boy who yeah. is who's living it so we're we are yeah. experiencing his fear as opposed to our own which is kind of what horror movies do I'm not mistaken. I'm not, you know yeah. me. You know me. I'm not a huge horror aficionado, but I kind of liken them more to thriller rides. Like you go in to experience that adrenaline and to experience that discomfort. Whereas the journey that we go on with Cole, mm-hmm. I don't think is that. No, that's fair. That's a fair observation. I, I mean, and even down to some of the other characters. I mean, we talk about Bruce Willis' character. Which I don't. Uh, but basically, in M. Night Shyamalan's early draft of the script, uh, Bruce Willis' character was actually, uh, he was a crime scene photographer, not a child psychologist. Okay. So even those little subtle changes, I think, enable it to be more of a kind of, as I say, a psychology, like a more of a study in terms of his, um, you know, his mental resilience rather than the actual physicalities of what's being presented to the audience on the screen. I mean, as you say, I think there's only like, one one or two sequences where it's like oh it's a little bit shocking i guess and it would have been yeah. shocking for the time you know for that for that um for that time but no that's uh, that's very interesting now something else that's very interesting alex and i i know you will know this stuff and if you don't i will be amazed um we have obviously james newton howard's score and, and it's a, a really i mean a wonderful score that opening sequence Oh, where the music is just pouring into the room. You know, it's, yeah. it's as you said, it it's like it like grabs you and then takes you into the film, doesn't it? Um, it's it's very spooky. Now, the score occasionally sounds like snippets of what? What do you think it occasionally sounds like snippets of? It's a another movie. No, no, that you're no. No, no. All right, no. okay. Oh, interesting. And it was inspired. Um, I'll give you. Uh, well, so it was. It was um, of an opera. 
Oh. Well, actually, no, sorry, it's not an opera. Um, oh, you're going to call me up for this one. Um, piece, of mu- piece of music. Um, <laughs> I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think Go on, spit it out, you, spit uh, it out. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think how I can give you, like... Uh, so it was, uh, 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 it, was, it was an orchestral and choir piece written for a funeral mass. Oh, okay. Is this, is this bordering on your favourite subject in film music? It is, it is. Is it? Oh, yes. Go you've on, got it. go you've, on. You've nailed it. It was Requiem Mass by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Right. Um, so if you can tell all the way throughout, this, this is there. Like th- those little snippets um, and the occasional sound from the do-do-do-do. It, it, it's there. It's all the way throughout. That's this. really I, amazing. I'm and I'm, I'm actually going to hold my hands up in shame and say that I did not know that Mm, as I I did not, I did not look this up and ashamedly because I did, I did listen to the score through, which by the way, the soundtrack for this is only 30 minutes long. There's really not a huge amount of material in this one. And I did listen to it and I do love the sound world and it's very, very, it's very, very intimate, but Mm. very, very, bleak and cold at times mm, and mm. my favorite aspect about it actually in quite a lot of tracks is it, it changes from tranquil to quite scary and alien and supernatural but without introducing anything new yeah yeah it's just it, it's the the existing music changes moods as opposed to uh, stop and start like this is the end of that material and now here's something shocking it it's more it's more organic than that and i really really appreciate that but i'm ashamed to admit that i didn't that i didn't hear the mozart <laughs> in there at all but you can bet that i'm going to be going back and listening to it and trying to find that because that's that's really cool you know you said something that uh, it's just made me think i mean i would go as far to say that this score is the reason why it slightly tips over the edge as a horror movie, quote unquote. Right. Okay. Because if think about it, if you <coughs> if you didn't have this score, if you had maybe something a little bit more um, Forrest Gump sweet score, if you can imagine a little right, bit more okay. um, harmonic. Wow. <laughs> well, if you think about it, it was a similar sort of time of film. It's got Haley Joel Osment in it. But if you think yep. about that that more sweeting piece of music with a little bit more um, uh, perfect cadences and majors, and 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 the instruments were maybe a little more the harp or piano or something like that, you you would get a more like I don't know you you would get that drama feel. But it's it's I think it's actually down to the music that just inf- has it almost half feels like it has to enforce that this is a horror movie all the way throughout. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's just maybe... Well, I think the music definitely sells that unnerving feeling. And I, th- I think I think you're right. The, the score was very much written as a horror movie in mind. But I think it's because, again, another reason for the soundtrack being so short is that during conversational scenes, of which there are a lot in this movie... There's no scoring. No it's, it's just yeah. it's just the people. So actually, the music is for when there's no talking on screen, mm. and it's mainly required during all the sequences and those little isolated bits where where the mood is more like a horror movie. Yeah. Well, and so I think yeah, it's almost like you're getting two movies in one, isn't it? 
Yeah, no, totally. Well, there was one sequence where I noticed that the music did come in and out of it, and it kind of faded in and out, and that was the step forward, step backwards game. Because I thought that was an amazing scene. I thought that was very well written um, and acted. I mean, I'll get to the acting in a second from both of them. But that's when it, it, it kind of, the music follows the tone of the subject matter really well. It's kind yeah. of, it, it starts quite, you know, fairways, and Bruce Willis is kind of just talking to this kid. And then when he gets a question wrong and the kid steps back and you kind of go, oh, you know, things aren't actually what we seem. And then he gets another question wrong. So the music fades in and that kind of more... Yeah, and yeah. that's when it kind of comes in again. And I and I thought that was quite impressive, actually, just how you could... It kind of turned on the, on the dime, that scene, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if it yeah. makes sense. Um, no, I thought it was quite impressive. And, and as I said, like, holy shit, Haley Joe Osmond. Like, he is... He's 11 years old in this. Yeah, it's amazing. Madness. It is amazing. Um, I, I've got actually some fun facts if you want about. Oh him yeah, I'd love in, to. In him. this, so reportedly Haley Joe Osmond got the first role for Colesier for one of three reasons. First, he was best for it. Second, mm-hmm. he was the only boy at auditions who wore a tie. And oh. third, director M Night Shyamalan was surprised when he asked Haley Joe Osmond if he read his part. Osmond replied. I read it three times last night. Shyamalan was impressed, saying, Wow, you read your part three times? To which Osman replied, No, I read the script three times. Ooh, I know. There, there we go. Oh, you know us. Um, and I've got another fun fact, not, not related to it, but it's kind of similar to the, the casting. Um, according to Michael Sarah, so we know Michael, Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah, I yeah. pronounce it. This was the first film that he ever auditioned for. No. He read, yeah. He read for the part of Cole, and the scene he, uh, he did was the magic trick scene. But he later admitted he did it too cheerfully. Had uh, He had not read the entire script, so he didn't know that Cole was supposed to be an introvert and a quiet boy. Wow. There you go. It's, and it's interesting, right? Obviously, you know, having to read the script and you can see that Haley Joseman was like, got it. Like, I know what oh, I'm trying to do so here. I know what I'm trying to... Imagine being 11 years old and having that. It's amazing. Mm. It, you, know, you know what's really quite interesting is I'm watching a Netflix show at the moment, uh, The Kaminsky Method. Have you seen it? No. No, it's this. Really, really good. It stars Michael Douglas as an acting coach in LA and his best friend, Alan Alda, who's his agent. And it's basically about uh, being an actor in, in Hollywood, but being like geriatric. Like they're really, really old. Oh, but okay. Alan Alan Alda's grandson mm-hmm. is played by Haley Joel Osment. Oh, cool. But as he is now, so he's, well, probably pushing on 30 at this point, I imagine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. But, well, or yeah, in his 30s at this time. And, yeah. you know, he's, he's he's grown up a bit. He's got a big beard and everything, but his face is like the same. And it's really funny because he's a wacky Scientologist mm, <laughs> in this. Mm. It's a really, really good role. It's absolutely hilarious. But I think I watched the last episode of that like two days ago. So the day before I watched The Sixth Sense and then to go back and see him in that, in in The Sixth Sense was mm. quite jarring but really great actually really really well, great ju- well just whilst i've got you any other child actors that just stood out i mean who who is the other child actors if you've ever seen an amazing role because i've got one that i i watched recently freddie highmore and I was, who was he freddie highmore was uh charlie to johnny depp's wonka do you remember oh, him yeah 
Yeah. He was, in a, he was on a lot. He was on a lot back then. I can't remember if there was anything like on the Sixth Sense level, but he, I think Haley Joel Osment was kind of the quintessential child actor because he yeah. did because he did AI. Did you see AI? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. Jude Law. That movie yes. did things to me. Is that Steven me. Spielberg? Steven Spielberg finished it, but it was supposed right. to be... Was it Ridley Scott that was supposed to do Ridley, it? Oh, that would or make maybe sense, the yeah. other way around. Maybe the other way around. Yeah. I can't remember, but um, it was it was a project that got flip-flopped, and that's a deeply, deeply disturbing movie. Like, that yeah. movie does things to me. It's really yeah. weird. I don't know... <laughs> The other one who obviously I get very much reminded of, I'm sure, is is Jacob Tremblay. There's quite a similar oh, Haley right. Joseman, Jacob Tremblay. I kind of see that. Um, the what the other child actor, and again, you'll have to go back and watch this. Have you ever seen the film Empire of the Sun? Oh, sort of. I Do you know what? I don't think I have seen that POW film. Um, Christian Bale is twelve uh, years old. And wow, twelve. Whole, yeah, and you watch it, and you're like, holy shit, that's Christian Bale. And he's does he look like at, Christian got, Bale? Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, oh, that's weird. Yeah, it was. It's, it's really. It is really weird. Um, but yeah, I think I can safely say I've not seen that because I don't think that's something I'd forget. <laughs> watch Empire of the Sun. I think Empire of the Sun is one of the best examples of a child actor, and then if you look what he went on to, so there's loads of them. Leo did it as well, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, cool. I did not recognize Tony Collette in this. No. But thought she was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, she's amazing in everything, isn't she? Can, can, can we just like appreciate how amazing and how many movies she is actually in? It's it's phenomenal. Oh actually. yeah, and she's they're always, always and they're always stunning parts as well. Yes. I reckon I reckon she gets sent a load of shit and she just won't do it. Like that's the kind yeah. of sense I get from her. Like she just she kind of reminds me of like Tilda Swinton in a way you know that kind of she yeah, gets okay. these, we- these weird kind of part I mean I think she's very used to playing that kind of neurotic mother architect type do you know what I mean just like uh, you the think- mum that's a little bit something quirky uh, I mean like about a boy you're thinking about sort of. a boy yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, kind of, that kind of I mean like about a boy is in my mind her defining role I mean that yeah. is what you think of you see Tony Collette very hard to argue with that it's yeah. stunning performance in that yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Do you know who? Do you know who I thought was really, really good in this? Like, just who? amazing. Bruce Willis. Do you think so? I think I he mean, was great in this. So the part was written with him in mind. I mean, Emma yeah. Chamberlain wrote it because he wanted Bruce Willis. I I don't ever think Bruce Willis is a good actor. I've never been totally persuaded by him. I and I would and any other day I would agree with you. But I think this is the movie. This is the exception that proves the rule. Mm. I mean, especially so, the end when he realizes, you know, that he was. Well, the, I, think I mean, that that's the that's the most that's the scene with the most range, absolutely. Mm. But I don't think you don't need lots of scenes with lots of range and you know, so over the top moments and sure. expressions and things. I think his acting in it is beautifully kind of understated and i i i just really felt that while he was oblivious to the fact that he was dead and while he was just doing his job i really felt convinced that he was a top child psychologist and that he truly truly cared for cole's well-being and he was struggling with 
trying to do his best for this boy but also worrying about his marriage at at the same time there was just a lot Mm -hmm. of conflict in there and i think he delivered that in a very very nuanced way yeah to to the point that i'd say that it's probably his finest performance i mean if if you're i mean because die hard is die hard you know let's be let's be real die hard is die hard but i can't think of anything where i've been so impressed by acting chops I think a good day, a good day to die hard is his best. Oh, um, oh yeah, I think yeah. that's the best one. Yeah, yeah. No, I just, I just think I, just, I mean, I find it difficult to watch him in this role. I must be, you know, I, I would, ex- I would maybe put in a. Who would you put in here? Maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe a bit, bit young, a Joaquin Phoenix or someone like that. That's who I would see in this kind of role over Bruce. You know, Bruce Willis is just—he's a bit too. He's a bit too actiony, and I and I and I think watching this, knowing it's Bruce Willis and what he is and what he's created, and then also watching this, because another question I have is when you watch this, knowing the twist, it's yeah. a to- and we talked about this at the start, but but it's uh, a completely it's a completely different movie, mm. but I don't feel that it diminished for me because I find myself going through it looking for inconsistencies. Yeah, I, I went do. through it going, oh yeah. It's obvious. It's obvious. Yeah, yeah, it's ob- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. obvious, but there I've got are a fact no. About that, actually. Yeah, but honestly, there are no like holes. There are no mm. holes in it. Like, what you go through the whole movie and the interactions and how he interacts. Well, yeah, how he interacts with environment and people and things like that. You're like, oh yeah, there are no mistakes here. He is, he is dead. He is well, dead. He just doesn't know it, and it seems so I'm... obvious. And I have met some people. Who have gone? Oh yeah, first time I saw it, I I, I predicted it. Yeah. Went, no, well, well, <laughs> well, well, it's a really good point you make actually, because in the scene when Cole says the famous line, "I see dead people," the camera does a close up on Bruce Willis's face, and producer Frank Marshall was worried that that might give the game away, and it was implied that Malcolm was a dead person. That's Bruce Willis' character. Yeah, yeah. Um, fortunately, none of the audiences in the test screenings or afterwards picked up on it, and I. I don't know if I would have noticed that or not. I mean, I, I not do, on the close I, I, up, no. No, no, but right, but but like as you say, the point of you, you know, he said. I mean, I. Th- there's no way we'll ever know. There's it's, there's such yeah. a hypothetical. There's no way o- to even. Also, here's a question that I'm not convinced has been answered, yeah, or if it, it or if it did, if it did, I have no I have no idea if it was answered in the movie, and I don't think it's been answered since. Did Cole know he was dead? Uh, n- uh, ooh. Ooh. Well, he wouldn't have known at the start. Oh, maybe he did. Maybe he did. Because when you first see him, he kind of looks at Bruce Willis and looks right through him and almost tries to beeline away from him, if that makes sense. You know how he first comes out the door and he puts the glasses on with the no, no lenses? Yeah, he kind of is quite away from him. He's kind of like quite shied away. Whereas I think if it was a normal wee boy and it was like this random man was like trying to like talk to you, yeah, I think he would be like he would he would probably push away in a more okay. aggressive way. Whereas I got the impression when Bruce Willis walked into his life, he's like, oh, here we go, another ghost. But I'll give him his time of day because this guy doesn't know that he's dead. Yeah. No, but that's know, interesting. But but, but isn't but is not. but isn't the thing that they work through as a as a relationship in the movie? Isn't the thing that Bruce Willis Bruce Willis helps 
call with is to say, oh, well, listen to the ghosts. Listen to the ghosts and they might go away. Help the ghosts and they might go away. But I've thought but, of another line. But before yeah. that, he was terrified of all ghosts. He was ter- yeah, he was right. absolutely terrified of all the ghosts. No, you're right. You're right. And I've thought of another line. He says, after the sword and the scope, after the sword and the stone bit, he says, um, I'm not going to see you again, am I? And that's oh. you implying, that's you implying, he says that to me because I'm not going to see you again. Uh, remember when he's walking back and forth in front of the stained glass yeah, yeah. the sword? And I, and I wonder if he's, I mean, what do we think? This is just, that's just before the twist. Do we think that that's him saying, I'm not going to see you again as a counsellor yeah. or I'm not going to see you again as a ghost? I th- but again, I think you've just hit on another example of why this movie is airtight because yeah. it, you could justify it either way. Yeah, you, you could, could you could yeah. justify that either way, and I don't think there's enough evidence for one or the other that makes one or the other fact. Just, just and that's amazing. To, I love that. Just back to the acting as well. I mean, I know we talked about Bruce Willis, but I can't I can't emphasize enough how impressive Haley Joel really was. I mean, and again, I'm talking back to a scene that we've already talked about: the step forward, step back scene. The the way in which he interacts with Bruce Willis, the kind of pregnant pauses and everything that you oh, see yeah. on his face, you just like this this little kid is like carrying like this kid is like method man. He, like he is carrying all of the feelings and all of the emotions that he needs to feel to make this a convincing character. I, I was just blown away by like the maturity that he carries to that role. Like it really was something. Uh, he um, is he is the star of the movie. This movie isn't you couldn't imagine anyone else doing mm. it apart from Apart from him, could you? Well, talk about other stars of the movie for a second. Because um, did you recognise another familiar face in a cameo role? Oh, was it the was it the guy at the beginning? Oh no, no. But we can talk about that. That's Mark Wahlberg's little brother, isn't it? Oh, is that Donnie Wahlberg? It's Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, oh, you right, recognise okay. him, would you? Oh, do you know what though? I don't know if it was it's the underwear. Yeah, it's no, no, I, no, I don't know if it was the underwear and like the body type or something, but there was one character or rather two characters that popped into my head and I can't remember the names of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The DJ Quals no, no, or something no. like that. McBoyle. McBoyle, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, just, he's, just, he's just, he's stumbled just, into the wrong house party. He's one of the, he's one of the McBoyles from It's Always Sunny and I, I couldn't unsee it during that scene and again it was the first time watching this movie and i was like this is this is supposed to be really tense and dramatic and yeah. all I'm, and i'm expecting him to just reach behind the door and bring out a glass of milk yeah like yeah, yeah, a yeah. glass of warm milk with a mono brown mono- exactly oh, oh. mate no no, no, no. who are you gonna say you mean the mcpoyles don't you mean yeah what did i say um, I the mcboyles i don't well, is I that not what they're say- called no, 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 no. It's uh, Mc... Is it not the McPoyle? Is it McPoyle? No. Oh, I don't know. Is it I McPoyle? mean, we're splitting hairs here. You knew exactly Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, do know, I do know what you're talking about. Um, no, I was going to talk about M. Night Shyamalan. Did you recognise him? It no. Is. He was the Doctor. Oh. Uh, uh, see, yeah. I'm not convinced I know what M. Night Shyamalan looks like. Oh, I saw him and I was like, ah, that's M. Night Shyamalan. And oh, I see. Men- I don't know what he looks like. Well, a lot of members of his family are doctors, so this is the reason why he cameos as a doctor as a little tribute to his family. So ah, that's a nice. nice like that. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. Um, and then just skipping back to the score and the pot uh, of and you know the soundtrack of as you say it's yeah. quite long. Do you know what do you know what the um the last track on the score is called? 
Uh, I don't off the top of my head, no. No, no. So um, basically, they had to, and I, I don't know how they managed this. I think they almost like released it and then they took it back again and they waited. I've just for a looked bit. at it. Yeah, yeah. So because it was, there was a little bit of a controversy around this one, um, I read somewhere. But basically, the soundtrack release of the movie gives away the ending, doesn't it? It's because obviously the the final the final track on the CD is just called Malcolm is Dead. Yeah. It's just like. Cool. Well, we'll do that then. That's, I think they, I think they, I think they must have learned from those mistakes though, because I think, because I think, soundtracks always came out before the movie, back in the right. day. Yeah. Back in the day, yeah. they always came out like a couple of weeks before, and sometimes even longer. And I, I seem to remember, did some of the early Star Wars sound, soundtracks come out before the movie? I think maybe I had, Revenge of the Sith before Revenge of the Sith came out. And solo came out before solo i remember that one very clearly oh i don't know i i think i think in the in the much more modern times i think i think they're quite natural releases like they go mm. hand in hand but i distinctly remember having my hands on revenge of the sith before revenge of the sith came out and i think the track lists are very deliberately vague like they're called oh. battle of heroes and Oh, actually, no. There's one called Anakin's Dark Deeds, but then we know he's gonna be Darth Vader anyway. So what's he? What's he left in the bathroom? Anakin's Dark <laughs> Deeds. Oh God! Oh, he's done. He's left his Anakin's, Anakin's Dark Deeds. Oh. It's a Way a, to bring the it's tone a, down. <laughs> it's a black. It's a black pointy one. Oh, you know you you hate them though, but you know they exist. You know oh. they exist. But yeah, I I just I think that the I I think that the score in giving away these sort of things. I mean, like... But, but actually, can we chat about that for a second, right? Yeah. Why Why is it that some scores are just... The names of the track is what's happening in the movie, whereas some other scores, it's maybe like a little sentence that's said, and then it's put in. Because I, I mean, obviously, I much prefer that. I mean, as an example, in Tenet... Like some of the track lists are things that the character says as the score kicks in. Like posterity yeah. is a really good example, or or even go over to like Hans Zimmer with all of the stuff um, around uh, that that score or on on um, on Inception is like the dream is collapsing or any yeah. of these sort of things. Um, and 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 then I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. Um, Interstellar is a great example because that's interlaced between. Cornfield Chase, which is a really great track. Yeah. No one, no one says the word Cornfield Chase, but then uh, someone else says, uh, "Was it no, no time to?" Uh, there's detach. No, no, no time to breathe. I can't remember. But yeah, I, I guess that's the macro question of where do they come up with all the different names if they're going to do like the name of a, something that's happening in the movie or something that happens. Does that does that represent like what's happening? Has has the scene been filmed yet? And they're like, we don't know what's going to happen like this but we know this is a cornfield chase sequence well we yeah i mean a composer would typically write a bunch of refrains so a lot of kind of like a sketchbook so mm-hmm. hans zimmer for a lot of his bigger scores has included his sketchbook the most famous one that comes to the top of my mind is man of steel there's mm-hmm. there's a big 25 minute sort of suite which is called oh, yeah, hans zimmer's yeah, yeah. sketchbook at the end of Man of Steel, which is really wonderful. And it's basically all the material of the movie. Mm. All the material of this world uh, that he's created. And then, obviously, the scenes happen. The movie is made. 
and then the score is produced after that to fit with the movie. So the scenes are already there, and then the composer will go and score the movie and put in the beats and line it all up and all of that fun stuff. So I suppose the answer to your question is that... Yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's one of these ones where I I would imagine it depends on where the movie is in production. Yeah. I'd say if if the movie if the movie has been filmed and the actors have said their parts and their lines, yeah. they'll they'll call it based on what the lines were saying. But if yeah. they've not said their lines and they go look roughly in the scene, it's going to be a cornfield chase, or this is the scene where you're going to find out that Malcolm is dead. Yeah. They're not going to take a word or a phrase. They're just going to go, Malcolm is dead. Fucking, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Deliver it on, deliver it on a nice dead. That is hilarious, though. That really is that, hilarious that, is, that, is that mad, they called it? it Malcolm is dead. Because, the, yeah, there's no doubt that that particular cue, when, they're, when the orchestra recorded it, there's no doubt in my mind that the, what is said at the top of the page is it says Malcolm is dead, and that's just the name of the cue. And then mm. I, I really do think it's literally just a... A, a, a stupid distribution thing where they yeah. just took the titles of each queue, put them as the track list, and then just sent it out into the world and didn't do the kind of you, you didn't take really didn't take that it, yeah. extra step to yeah. to do through it. I think that's just one of those boring things. Imagine if you're M Night Shyamalan. You imagine if you're M Night Shyamalan that happened. You'd be fucking livid, wouldn't you? Yeah, you really <laughs> you'd would. Ab- you'd be absolutely livid. Um, and just another little a little nod as well. I don't know if you've seen Apple TV's kind of. M Night Shyamalan horror film Servant. Um, no, I've not seen that. But, but it's, it's really is that a film or a TV series? It's a, it's a TV series. It's really good. Oh, okay. it's, um, Rupert Grint is in it. What um, Ronald Weasley? Yes, that's the one. And yeah. Tony Cabell, he's very very good as well. Um, but there's a there's a girl who so the, the wee girl who sadly dies in this because the mum poisons her and is sick and under the covers and stuff. I was eating a oh, bit that's of shortbread horrible. as well. I was eating a bit of shortbread. You, literally, is that they are given? You were texting. You were texting me in the run up to that reveal, and then suddenly you stopped texting me, and I went, oh, <laughs> "I know what bet he's just seen." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly that happened. Yeah, I was actually. Yeah, I was like, "It's a puppet show. It's a puppet show happening. It's a shit puppet." I was giving you the reviews of the puppet show. It yeah, was a terrible puppet show. I mean, to be fair, the mum did everything that she should have done. I would have poisoned my child if she was coming out oh, with that tripe. Oh man, it was, uh, it was a poor. I was poor. It was a two thumbs down for that puppet show, oh. Alex. I'll tell you that for free. But I tell you what, right? I was I was looking at it and I was like, the wee girl that's that's sick is oddly reminiscent of Leanne from Servant. And if you watch Servant, the hers a character. She's quite similar to. She's quite the. Just watch Servant. You'll like Servant. Right. It's good. I mean, it's it's a bit creepy. Um, it drags. I won't lie. It goes on a bit. Um, but it's good. It's really really good. So that was mine. Um, and, and the last kind of thought I had for this movie is it's just so 90s like it's such a 90s movie in every single way and and Maddie wanted to watch this with me yeah. and we sat down and watched it together and then I would say you know a good hour hour and 10 minutes in she was sort of she was starting to lose her she was sort of starting to go on her phone a bit and I was like you know what to watch this movie you know, she goes it's just a bit dated this movie and I was like I kind of know what you mean like, because if I'd grown up seeing this movie, I can imagine this movie would have terrified me. Like, this movie was built in a time where you didn't have your phone to distract you. Yeah. Where you didn't have these things. Like, it it didn't have to worry about any... It wasn't having to compete with anything else because it was the main feature. Yeah. 
And so this is a movie that's just very much of that time of, we know you're going to come and sit and watch this, or we know it's going to be on BBC One or BBC Two or whatever. We know we've got you for that hour and a half, so we'll yeah. just take you on this journey together. Yeah, yeah. And I just think modern audiences have kind of outpaced that style of filmmaking. Um, that's interesting. Which leads on to I... my macro point, but keep going, yeah. Oh, no, 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 it's fine. Finish, no. finish what you were going to say. Which leads on to my macro point, which is, this is, if you watch M. Night Shyamalan, and we're doing this in the run-up to Old, if you watch the trailer for Old, or if you watch, like, The um, the Visit, as an example, or Servant, they're very different movies to this movie, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. And take Tarantino. You can always point a Tarantino movie. Tarantino movies haven't changed. Nolan movies, you know, all these famous... Um, um, what's the Grand Budapest Hotel, the, the chap who, who sort of made Oh, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. All, all of his movies, the style, the format, the function... The, the pacing, the conditions that are set around everything, they're quite similar. But, but M. Night Shyamalan has changed dramatically with the times. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed that or if, if maybe that's something I'm... No, I think you're right. I think, I think he is an incredibly versatile storyteller. But I don't think I agree that this is as dated as maybe okay. I think. Because honestly, I was watching this going... Yes, it is a movie of its time, but it's I still got I think the same amount of enjoyment from it as it as it is mm. seeing it in in that way. I you know, I'm not looking for a remake of The Sixth Sense or anything mm-hmm. like that. Sure. I think I think this actually is a perfect version of exactly what it is. Yes. Honestly, I, I really, I really do think that the the tone, you know, just the fact that it it's set in autumn in Philadelphia, you know, it's mm. bleak. Mm. It's mm. bleak, old, bleak and old and a bit depressing. Think, yeah, and again, so. ni- and with that kind of nineties grain, I just oh, saw, definitely the nineties grain. I just, yeah. I, I, I just sort of think it's it, it's it's deliberate. Everything is deliberate and. I don't think movies that are made that well, because it's not like watching a big action CGI fest from back then when the CGI wasn't quite up to par. Do you know mm. what I mean? You know, that, that's dated because that's like just a technological thing where just empirically, it's not as good back then as it is now. But I don't mm. think there are any examples in the sixth sense that really qualifies that really not for me i I mean i mean i think when i really get down to it i think it's just the pacing of the movie like i just as i said i just don't think i just don't think if this movie was released today it would have uh, it it, it would be able to keep audiences as entertainers maybe i'm maybe i'm totally wrong i don't know no i don't think i I don't think you are wrong i i don't think you are wrong however you know, when you say, you know, we don't, we have things to distract us now. Mm. I'd say the onus is on us as audience members to choose not to get distracted. Quite. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Because but... I think you're right. I think this is an indulgent movie. There is a mm. lot of indulgence in the scenes and overstating some points and just really, really enjoying the presence of it. 
And if it was made now, maybe things would be a bit snappier. Maybe things would be a bit more concise. And uh, maybe those decisions are based on a faster lifestyle from us. Mm. But isn't it a bit of a treat to take us away from that and to not actively search for things that that perfectly fit into our into our lifestyles i mean that's just kind of what i think well well here's what i'll say here's what i'll say is and i know the answer to your question because the answer to the question for you is yes you would but for me i'll answer my question before i ask it which is i wouldn't watch this again would you right yeah i'd absolutely watch this again yeah see see i wouldn't i mean i would watch it again i wouldn't watch it in a hurry no i don't know i don't know if i'd watch it in a hurry i don't know if i'd watch in a hurry but i think there's a lot of I think people would usually categorize this as a a non rewatchable film because yeah. of because of the monumental twist. But oh, no, see, 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 I think see, there I are think two. I think there are two versions of this movie. I think there's yeah. one version of this movie where you don't know the twist, yeah, and, exactly. and and another version of the movie where you do know the twist. I was going to say the and same I thing. Actually, yeah. And I actually think the second version of that movie is one that arguably has a lot more nuance in it because then i think you you then get to really appreciate bruce willis's performance no that's the answer you're right it's a you've got to watch this movie twice first before and then after you're right yeah but then i I, but then again i would go back to reindulge uh after a certain amount of time you're absolutely right of course i would god that's it we've hit the nail on the head very that's it i like that um there's only one question left alex how many thumbs up will you give this oh it's two it is it's a two thumbs me. up movie because the the music carries this movie like it's it's really the staple in which it goes. I'm a horror film. Well, there you go. This is the horror film. It absolutely dictates the tone. It does dictate the tone. Like it it is, yep. it it drives the the sentiment of this movie for. No, I, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was really really good movie. Fantastic. Let's move. Um, now we've got a few little bitties to talk through. Now, obviously, we we are recording not long after yesterday. Um, what I'll do is I'll start with something that I read that's very new and very fresh because it's a slightly wider point. Um, and then I, I sent you an article, something else that you did. I'm quite keen for you to talk about because I know that you've sort of read a little bit into this or if you've heard a bit into it, and it'd be interesting to know your thoughts. But the first thing I was going to say was, sadly, House of the Dragon has been paused due to COVID. Um, which uh, yeah I believe it's been paused for quite a few weeks now um, filming in the UK of course for some parts of that um, this is of course the, the prequel as it were to the Game of Thrones um, I I must admit I was kind of ambivalent before but I'm starting to slowly look forward to this and okay. I'm thinking at some point in the next year I'm going to have to watch all of the Game of Thrones again Oh, would you? Have to do it. Yeah, I'm gonna do. I mean, I wasn't totally burnt. I wasn't totally burnt by the end. I thought it was totally rushed, but I wasn't like, I, I, I wasn't. I would still recommend people to watch the Game of Thrones, and I'm gonna have to watch them reading up. But, but as well, like this looks great. You know, we've got, um, um, we've got Matt, Matt Smith, I believe, is he's Damon. Yeah, we have seen, we have seen some set photos from this, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we we did. Him, him, and someone else on a, on the beach. 
We've got Paddy Considine's in this. Um, yeah, it, it looks. Uh, I can't. Who plays Professor Connors in the Andrew Garfield Spider Man? Racy fans. I can't pronounce his name, but yes, I know. His, I can see it spelled. Is it Welsh? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Is Welsh. So yeah, so he's he's in it as well. He plays Otto Hightower, who was the hand of the king, um, or the hand of I don't know if it's Damien Targaryen or Damien's dad, um, yeah. who's played by um, Blumen Blumen Paddy Considine. I forget the name yeah. of it. Do you, do you know? Do you know why I I am completely ambivalent to this series? Like I just it. don't care. It's it's because when I felt the Game of Thrones got really good, mm-hmm. like the TV series got really good, is when I started to really care about these characters. Mm-hmm. And as far as the mythology and the history of the houses. Mm-hmm. And all of that kind of lore stuff. It, I don't think I ever caught the bug. Not in the same way that I'm interested in, for example, the history of Middle Earth. Mm. For example, because mm. I love the deep lore of uh, Tolkien's world. Like it's oh, so so rich. And I never. And I know that George R. R. Martin's one. I'm not like. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm. I'm so not saying that. that. Sounds but like that's what you're saying. It did. It just, almost just sounded like that. It but you sent me a big like you sent me a big text. I mean, literally, that was the last text you sent on my phone, which is just so you, just before we record tonight. Tolkien's is better than than Martin's. You oh yes, explain? but uh, to to be fair, you weren't supposed explain. to say that. You weren't supposed no, to but, say but, that. But, yeah. I wouldn't have said. But you know, this is. I'm just looking. You've taken a photo of the front of your house, and you've got that banner up again. And you keep getting told to take that down because it's not in line with the sort of government restrictions on the street. But my God, Alex! I mean, you don't need to make yourself. That Actually, no, they love that, that around here. We're all talking that that's statement. Here. That's it. Yeah, I mean, and that tattoo that you've got on your neck. I mean, it trickles up onto your face. You'll never get a job again. You'll never get a job again with that tattoo because everyone who will employ you is a Mar- massive Martin fan. All right. Well, you know, I'm just shooting myself in the foot there. But it, yeah. the point. The point is. Mm-hmm. I personally never got the bug to dive deep into the lore. So for a series to come around and go, oh, we're going generations back and nobody you know from Game of Thrones is ever going to see the light of day in this series. I'm like, well, why, why do I care then? Like, why do, why, why do I care? Well, it's because of the bo- all the books that were there before. I mean, there was loads of, you know, it's the House of Dragon and Dunkin' the Egg and all this sort of stuff. There's other, there, it's like different ages that take place in the same way that like no one in the Silmarillions. In, in no, 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 the, no, the, you're absolutely right. But, but I don't think, I think that I'm representative of the masses as far as I just, no I don't think so I think I think people want to learn more about this universe I think people are really looking to indulge themselves more I I, I would say but I suspect I, I that s- most viewers of Game of Thrones did it for the characters and and the nudity yeah just the nudity just the tits yeah. and dragons I, do you know I but I also think it, it created a pretty guttural world a real visceral environment like this wasn't this wasn't your this isn't your dad's this isn't your granddad's dungeons and dragons story oh oh, no people are people are getting their bits cut off left right and center there's a bloody guy getting his skin taken off over there look at that oh no no no, absolutely but then but but then are people going to are people going to tune in for the lore and the story or are people going to be wanting dragons and tits or tits and Um, dragons 
I well, tits and dragons first. I mean, let's get them right. The joke dragons. What about tits on dragons, mate? That's what they're tuning in for. Slut dragon. Slut dragon. Mate, mate, that was. That's because he's a slut. He's a slut dragon. Oh, that's something I was going to say as well. We need to. We need to get to. In fact, let's move on from the game. Let's move on from this Game of Thrones meandering chat and actually talk about uh, Rick and Morty season five. Have you seen the first five, four or five episodes of this? No, not yet. No, it's out. It's really good. It's it's a little bit more. I can tell it's a. It's not quite as crazy. I mean, there were some bloody crazy episodes in series th- uh, series three. Oh yeah. Um, it was a series series four. Four. The one, the one with the train. The one with the train of thought. Do you remember that one? The train going yes. through space. That one was like meta beyond meta. I mean, yeah. I I even when I rewatched it, I was like. Still don't think I fully understand this uh, this episode. Yeah, um, it's mental. a little bit more. Ta- it's a bit more tangible. It's funny. It's really good. There's a good, really good couple of episodes. Um, I mean, there's there's the ones that that it reminds me of. They kind of harken back to. Do you remember the snake episode? I don't know if it was in season three or season four, where there was like the snake jazz one and the serpents rule and take over and stuff. There's an oh episode, yeah. It's, there's, it's kind of has like that kind of. It, they lean in that direction quite a lot. Oh okay. Um, which is quite, which is quite funny. There's a there's a funny sequence. Um, I'm I'm gonna butcher this right, but it's a basically this thing of, um, Rick wants to age some wine, and so what okay. he does is he creates this portal, um, and he and, and he walks through the portal into this like beautiful tranquil little village area, and then he basically just drops a, a vat of wine on the um, on the floor, and then he's like cool, and he and he steps out and he steps back in again, and it's like clearly aged forward like I don't know 20 25 years and, yeah. and he's like oh there we go picks the moss up on it and then he like leaves it again and then he goes and has dinner and and, and he goes Marty can you go and get me some more wine and he goes back through again and for whatever reason he like interacts with some of the locals and then for some reason it's oh that was it it's like the low he's like trying to lift this crate of wine and one of the locals the dads is like oh let me give you a hand with that son and helps him and carries it through the portal with him and puts it down in, in his garage <laughs> And he goes, oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. And then the dad just walks back through the portal again. And it's skipped forward 25 years into his future. And it's like his wife's dead. It's so funny. Oh, no. And it's just like... <laughs> and he just watch it. And you're like, oh, my God. And then, Rick, and then every time he goes back into the future, it's like this old man's like... I've been waiting here for 25 years. He's now an old man with a knife ready to try and kill Morty the next time he just stumbles. It. And it's just like the way that oh it escalates. Like full, civili- full civilizations like rise and fall. Putting oh, the guards no. around right. this point. I need it's to watch amazing. this. I need, I need amazing. to watch this. I need to watch it's all, this. It's all on 4OD, mate. Get it all watched. It's so I will. I will. fucking funny. Um, and there's a kind of like there's a kind of like an Aquaman esque character who's a bit sexy, he's a bit slinky, um, who's Rick's nemesis. It's, it's brilliant, mate. It's it's absolutely oh, brilliant. I mean, wait. they're right back up to it. Should we uh, talk Loki? Well, we we could. I mean, we did Loki last week, did we not? Or ah, was see, it... I caught you. I've got. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not a roundup. I've got some Loki news. Okay, go for it. Some so, Loki news, or is it Loki news? Ah, uh, no, it's so Loki just news. like chilled out. Okay, go for it. Oh, so okay, okay. So, yeah, it's yeah, Loki yeah, news. Yeah, yeah. Loki, Loki news. Yeah, is it Loki? Loki news. It's not. It's not main news. It's Loki. Loki news. Uh, no, that's what I said. It's Loki news. We have done this one to death, have we? Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So Kate Heron, mm-hmm. who is the director of <sighs> the whole of anymore, the whole she? of the first series, she is not returning for season two. I, I saw this. Done, and I was a bit done, like, done. I, I mean, I I read this and I thought, yeah. I mean, I think she. It's one of these things where, like, hey, I did what I needed needed to do. 
Um, she's going to go back and do some other stuff. I mean, I, I, absolutely. I didn't really it, watch... Actually, from from what I've read about it, it very much sounds like her decision. Mm, mm, she's just like, oh fun. yeah, this is this is a really fun project to do, but it, it I've done kinda, it. It kind of harkens back to um, oh John Favreau taking uh, taking a step back and letting Shane Black come in for Iron Man three. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of like it reminds me of that like he was like, no, I want to step. I mean, obviously, um, he had a part he actively was like acting in that film so it was like yeah that. fair enough um no but I, it is I, interesting because for tv series is it is very very interesting because i feel like you want consistency for tv series more so than movies because mm. movies are essentially mm-hmm. long singular episodes so you can have different visions and different styles because you have lots and lots of time to indulge in the new direction in the new in the new sure. style once it happens i feel like once we've spent a whole series mm-hmm. in this and this is this was a wacky series and it had a very it was dripping with style and mm. class uh, and great performances and amazing visuals yes and great choreography why don't you all fancy of that all of that you stuff. love it so much i eh? know why right? don't you just fancy why don't you go marry it i mean you kiss it if you love it that much i know right <laughs> but we we as audience members maybe want a continuation to that yes and it's gonna be very interesting so i don't know if whoever they get in next do you think now that it's going to season two it will become more of a macro kind of mcu directed thing mm. do you know do you know what i mean it's it's then going to be too big for one person's specific vision it's more going to be like right well this person's directing all of it but actually it's kevin feige well i heard kevin like, feige has been i heard kevin feige's been hosting kind of regular meetings with all the creators of the show to kind of be like this is the macro vision of what we're trying to do like yeah yeah the, think, these like, are the rules of the multiverse as well yeah i think i, I think yeah. he's been like actively like creating but it's more even the rules like i think he's been actively like telling people the like yeah i mean that's it like bounding the like bounding the end the bookmarks of all these different things being like this is what you can do with your character this is what we're not going to be able to do these are guys that can die. These are the ones that actually, you know, if they have a natural conclusion, we can bring them in and bring them out again. Um, Do you not think that by the time we get to the end of this thing, I, I'm talking about the whole of the MCU, if that, if such a thing exists. Well, it never will. The I end mean, of the end. That's, that's like saying when we get to the end of Star, when we get to the end of James Bond. Yeah, when we get to those we they will outlive us all those franchises that's the sad thing about the mcu is that you and i will probably miss black panther 4 because we've had to attend our fucking son or daughter's graduation ceremony that's the sickening thing about this thing mate that's the thing you've got to remember i'd I'd, I'd, I'd skip i'd skip the ceremonies mate me too i don't give a shit in a b-tech and cooking my stupid son Shit. I watch, wow. I watch Black Panther 4 I want to watch, I no, watch but, Ragnarok of, of Wakanda okay. okay so even under the assumption that it's just going to go on forever and ever in a day yeah you got to look back on it and go Kevin Feige how the hell did you do that yeah yeah like Mate, that's incredible. A, a, a lot of drugs. A lot of drugs. Oh, just <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, of performing and enhancing. Um, should we move on? Because there's a yes. few little things that I wanted to push you on. Because you texted me in the week or last week. Yes. Grease prequels. <laughs> Grease prequels. What is this? All right. So usually 
I would see something like this. Right, is this a fever dream? Before, just no, 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 d- no, no, double no. check. This is I, no, I find this. I find this did on you, IMDb. This is official Hollywood. Somebody goss. screaming this at the top of their voice while they were walking along the train tracks. Near yes, and then I screamed back, "Tell me more! Tell me more! Tell me more!" <laughs> Was it love at first sight, Alex? Oh yeah. Did yeah, he absolutely. put up a fight? <laughs> so the reason this piques my interest because we see things like this all the time of of prequels and sequels of franchises that nobody asked for. But the reason this sort of got flagged for me is obviously we did Greece mm-hmm. a wee while ago, a few a few months yes. ago, and we and since we watched it recently and we did it on the show, and we talked about it on the show. We we saw how bloody problematic it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it is not politically correct. Are they retconning all? Are they retconning Greece, mate? Is that well? No, happening? but the thing is, so these are prequels, and so there's a TV prequel. And it's mm-hmm. going to be called Rise of the Pink Ladies. And it's going to be the cast of, well, the Pink Lady. And it's not obviously not the original cast. But so this, is this Phase 2 characters. of Greece, by the way? Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Phase 2. Phase 2, okay. Fa- phase two of Greece. Um, yeah. And it's going to be set in the same school. I think yes. it was originally supposed to be called Days of Rydell or something like that. Okay, cool. And, nice. And it's basically just going to focus on the Pink Ladies and nice. their time in high school or something like that and then and then they're also doing a tv prequel of the danny and oh my god what's her name sandy uh, sandy story yeah, yeah. Uh, called summer Eleven, which is basically their summer that we see very very briefly at the beginning of greece and i just think who's asking for this why yeah. are they asking for this and is it still going to be just as creepy and borderline yeah. rapey as before? Yeah, exactly. Probably not. And then there's there's going to be, um, I read as well, there's going to be a Kinnicky um, prequel, like Joker, but like oh, all yeah. dark. It's just Kinnicky. <laughs> and it's just him with his flick knife just looking to like fight girls. Yeah. It's <laughs> just all the bleachers. <laughs> He's 18. <laughs> Bloody hell. Just Kinnicky. That's what it's written across the screen. No, no, it's just, no, it's just called Knick. 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 <laughs> Because you need short syllables. You need short syllables. Yeah, just need Oh, knick. man. That guy, that guy had problems. Knick. Um, a greaser story. A greaser story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. That's totally what it's called. <laughs> Trade, trademark going through the motions pod. <laughs> right. Very good. Very good. Right. right. There's two more pieces of, of news. Sorry, just to, to wrap up. You yep. want to talk about if Star Wars Yeah, we've got a bit of Star Wars news. Just a little bit more details about one of the shows that's coming out called Star Wars Visions. And I thought that you'd be very, very interested in this because it is an animated show. Sort right. of, kind of like the What If series. Okay, yes. Yeah. In that each episode is going to be directed and produced in a different animation style right okay oh, wow okay so it's more um anthology-esque is it well now here's the thing the stories like love death and robots kind of yeah that. now the stories are taking place in canon so story-wise and plot-wise this is all happening in the star wars universe however right. each story is being made by a different japanese anime studio in different oh, anime styles yes. so there so there's going to be a lot of samurai style things a lot manga of anime, manga sam and other such stuff and it nice. all looks really great we've and it's exhausted all... our list after no, no, manga no. and anime Ab- absolutely <laughs> we're not cultured at all we're so uncultured but 
I'm really, really looking forward to this. And they're exploring a few interesting time frames as well. There's one episode that's going to be set a little bit a little bit before the Phantom Menace, maybe even the run up to the Phantom Menace. Okay. Uh, another episode. Are we going to get a Qui Gon Jinn prequel? Well, this is the thing. I don't know if the if we're going to see any established characters or if it's going to be a hundred percent removed, but still existing mm. in the timeline. It's just it's just his family creating that first juniper bush before yeah. they created their first distillery. Yeah. Qui Gon family. Create, <laughs> Absolutely. Creating, uh, but what 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 is this new spirit? We will call it the Jinn, and then from there on. <laughs> They were the gins. Yeah, uh, I, I never, I never, I never did gin, uh, gin jokes. I always did chin jokes, like Qui Gon's chin. You know? Oh, very good, yeah, very, yeah, yeah, very, very, very good. clever. Yeah. yeah. One of the other stories is getting, uh, is taking place in that very saturated time period between episode three and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got yeah, a lot. Yeah, we've already got lots that. of material in there. But again, self-contained stories. You know, fine. And another one is going to be taking place after the events of episode nine, which okay. is going to be very, which is going to be very interesting territory, as well. Then. Uh, no, Mandalorian. Oh, no, 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 Mandalorian no, is pre seven. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. My God. Yeah, so we've not be... seen it. We've not seen anything after nine yet, and this is going to be the first one that we see after nine. But I'm more Ray interested Kyle in the out. fact that these are going to be self-contained stories in different animation styles i think that's, that's saying, a an really anthology. cool thing to yeah it's a really it cool an thing to, to explore yeah no i'm excited for that i'm very excited how many episodes is it oh uh, i think it might be like eight or something like that i can't remember exactly how many it is okay cool and um, they're going to be all just straight on to disney disney plus isn't disney that? plus right? yeah yeah do, do, is there a release date for those uh later next year out your i believe arse. yeah that's fine that's yep. good enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> just pulling out your arse magic there we go. And, of course, the final bit of news. God, it was a slightly shorter show this week, but we are on our holidays, so forgive us. We are. Um, well, I'm almost on my holiday. Actually, I tell you what, there's a quick, there's a sneaky bit of news before you actually Ooh. join your holidays. Join Ooh. me on your holidays. Stealth news. Um, Love it. Um, to- tomorrow, there is a trailer for Jackass 4 or 5. You're kidding. They're back no at it again. No way. Yep, it's literally yes. just... That's it's the literally best just... news I've heard all day. It's a, it's a photo. Hang on. I'm just going to Google it, but it's a photo of... Um, one of them being fired out of a cannon. Um, I got. If you just Google Jackass, and they're gonna do kill news, themselves. Well, they will. Well, no, they haven't killed themselves because we would have heard about it on the news. Because obviously, it's not filmed as we're watching it on the telly. But <laughs> I think it's. Um, I think there was a there was a bloody poster somewhere, and it and it said something along the lines of. Um, it said something along the lines of. Oh, it was it was someone being fired. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe I'm being bamboozled. Um, but it was someone getting fired out of a cannon. Yeah, that's it. Jackass Forever in theaters October 20, uh, 2022. And it just says some people never learn. And it is one of them being fired out of a cannon. Is Jackass for, is this a thing? Am I being punked? No, is I don't there? think I don't think you are. I don't think you are because I think I remember seeing uh Johnny Knoxville recently on yeah, Hot it's Ones. Coming out soon. Yeah. Yeah. 20, 2021. This is nuts. We've got Johnny Knoxville, we've got Steve, we've got Preston Lacey, Dave England. Um, we've got Chris Pontius. They're all here. Um, Sadly, I think one of them, one of them died. Didn't yeah, he? Bam Margera, uh, I think. No, Bam's not dead, is he? Is it? Isn't he? <gasps> this is some. This is some weird. Is Bam Margera dead? I think. Or... Was he not the one that died? No, I do. This is nuts. If he's no, he's still alive. God, you got me for a second. I was pretty sure that he... Is this telling me if he's died? 
Is he dined? No, he's still going. I think he's still kicking. Oh, all right, okay. So I'm just, uh, you, you're welcome. I apologize for suggesting that Bam Margera died. Um, but that was a little. That was a little bit. That was a little bit like Mandela effect. Actually, I must admit, that was a little bit like one. Of, I mean, it was Ryan Dunn who died. Who was the oh, one right, who actually yeah, died? Yeah. Um, but that was a little Man- Mandela effect because I was like, has Bam died? And I've just like pushed over it. I have no idea where um, I got that from. Maybe one of his family, whatever. Died. Hey, look, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, looking yeah. Forward to it all the same. It'd be cool to see those guys back. They will be in wheelchairs very soon, will they not? Oh God, yeah. They're quite. I mean, I mean, Johnny Knoxville. He's got to be in his fifth, late fifties. No, not late fifties. No. Fifties, early fifties. No, yeah, fifty. Yeah, early fifty. Late fifties, pushing on sixty. That'd be mad. That's quite funny. He, he will soon be playing. He will soon be playing his uh, character of the. I Grand love it though. I love it though. Yeah, it's good. It'll be, it'll be quite good to watch. Um, and last bit of news, mate. Your the Netflix news. Porqué? Oh yeah, I mean. So 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 basically, I mean, Netflix seems to be partnering with with PlayStation, from what I understood, because they're actually doing like a streaming service for games. Oh, um, see, and I, and I, yeah, go for it. I heard about this in passing, and I wasn't aware that they were actually partnering up with PlayStation. I kind of got the effect that they were, I don't know, like going out on their own, like just yeah. Well, so, so making a games basic- library. Well, I, so I mean, I I think they're partnering places to create it is what I've read somewhere, but it would be I mean I mean there is basically they're creating like interactive style games. So according to Bloomberg, Netflix will launch its gaming service within the next year, and and it will wow. apparently be very tightly integrated into its current offering. So games will appear alongside TV shows and films, and Netflix won't charge extra for it, which is the important part. Okay. Which I think is fascinating. If they're because... if they're saying that it's going to be released within a year, mm-hmm. they've been working on this for ages. Right. This they've is, been developing this, is... this for ages. But but hey, like like I'll take a step back and in person, like I I work in you know a fair bit of sort of innovation stuff, and I and I look at this and I'm like fuck yes of course that makes sense like if you're netflix you're always looking for that 10x idea you know you're looking for that kind of how do we transform like i mean because because i was thinking this the other day right if i load onto my xbox and i want to watch something or i want to do something and um, i want to watch some tv shows right for example yeah, yeah the first place you go to is netflix still isn't it like you don't automatically aren't gravitating towards disney or amazon are you no, 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 no. The vast, to... the vast majority, unless you are in the middle of something very specific, yeah, and you're looking for something else to watch, then Netflix yeah. is the first place you go. Yeah, hundred percent. So, and and in this day and age, the 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 titans, the major players in any in anything, you know, say like Amazon is an example, like in their delivery service, they're the first ones to go. Oh, we're doing drones now, um, or you know, or, or, or I'm trying to think some of the, some of the stuff that like Apple have done, where they basically integrated the whole their you know their whole solution of your computer talk to your phone all this sort of stuff there and then they've it, that user-based functionality has always been at the base of it but they've called these what they're called like 10x ideas it's, yeah, yeah how do we how do we cement ourselves as the best and this is just the natural next step i think you know like microsoft was creating the gaming library with xbox games which i think is great like it makes sense yeah the like, game would... game pass is fantastic and it, it and it is very very interesting that you bring up the partnering with playstation thing because up till now xbox game pass has blown the playstation service out of the water right. as far oh, as right. as far as digital like game libraries on demand go 
but the large but the biggest part of innovation to my understanding is is uh, the development like how how do you develop it or or deployment as it's known in the kind of innovation sphere like how do you deploy uh, a capability for example what assumptions do you make so like take like take the boris bikes as an example right or yeah. take uber as an example like the the reason those innovations made a lot of sense was because one of the base layer assumptions was everyone's got a smartphone in their pocket as long as you design if you make that as an assumption your yeah. business will always work now the assumption that's clearly been made here is, well, people like streaming and they naturally gravitate towards us. And you've got Microsoft that are trying to create this uh, cloud stored environment where people can have games streamed to their, their Playstations. But that's the, that's the bit that they're trying to crack, that streaming part, but that's the bit that we've already cracked. So therefore, Netflix must have taken a look at themselves, as you say, three years ago and went, we're in a far better place to do this and make a move on this and actually make it sustainable, make it better than yep. the gaming industries are. So yep. rather than the gaming industries catching up to our model, why don't we catch up and overtake the gaming model? And that's clearly what's happened. And that's yeah. why I think it's fascinating. It's fascinating. It's a bit of a gamble because honestly, Google tried this. Google okay. tried. Google tried this as far as the streaming games go. Because the way the Xbox One does at the moment as the, at the minute is you have games on demand but you have to download them first so you're still playing them off your console and oh, okay. what yes. happened and what happened when google released it was google stadia right yeah. and the problem is unless you had industrial speed internet yes ah yes yes i heard this yeah. game the the input delay the input delay on the games was just like unplayable and it yeah, was just yeah, a yeah, tech yeah, demo yeah. gone wrong. So yeah. I'm very interested to see what the user experience for a server yeah, service like yeah. this would be. Because I think in the gaming industry, you can be as innovative as you want. But if it don't work, mm. instant mm. failure. And there are different, like, that's a difficult market to provide innovations for, isn't 100%. it? Because gamers are not that forgiving, are they? <laughs> for well, shit no. they don't like. Listen, if you if you're can you think of anything more frustrating than in input delay when you're trying to do well, a multiplayer well, game but, or something or something like that and you're well, doing something and you have to there's lag between you sending the input it going into the cloud and then coming back and then your character doing the thing on screen yeah. like the it has okay, to be lightning think, fast. No, no, totally. But think about think about it as from the... For, so talk about you saying interface and functionality, right? Think about it from that perspective. The standard people who play games, okay, their interface is pretty good. Like, you can buy a game, you can physically own it, you can play it, you can get it out, you know, you can play multiplayer online with your friends. Like, it don't need much improving. And actually, as, the, as, the, as a percentage of humanity... How many people actually play and own a games console and do it on a regular basis? Let's say for argument's sake, right, for London, let's say 5 to 10% of people have, or maybe, maybe 20% have, a, have an Xbox or PlayStation and play. Right. Okay, how many percentage of people in London have a net Netflix account? Easy 40, 50, maybe even 60% yeah. of people have that, right? So what you're saying is that the functionality of those people, they're expecting they're just going to plug in, yeah, it's a bit of Netflix, whatever. It doesn't take much to really impress a larger audience base. Whereas trying to increase functionality for something that's already pretty well functioning, which is a gaming experience. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. 
Do you know what I'm saying? I just think that. Like, well, that's what's very, that's what's very, very interesting though, because my hypothesis is that even non-gamers would see that kind of streaming input lag and go, "No, oh, that's in- that, okay. no, I no, see, that, that I no, see. that, no, yeah, that's yeah. broken, and I'm not going to use that." The service mm. will be there, and I'll be, like, "Oh yeah, great, fine," but I'm not going to use it because it, it it doesn't work. Bucked. And then, but, and I go back to the other point I make, which is the forgiving nature of the, the fans. If you give it to, if you give it to gamers, they're going to say shit's dead in the water. They're going to bounce on it. They're going to say nah. But there's going to be a small load of fans here because you've got a larger pool of users that are going to be able to help refine, iterate that sort of process. I just think the traction you'll get, it will move much quicker if it's owned by Next. I genuinely think again, it's going to be interesting games. to see. Yeah. Will you plug your controller in? Do you think? I have no idea. No. Mouse and key, mouse and keyboard, surely not. No, if if I had to guess, I Phone? think it would be a. Phone. No, I think it would be a controller. I think Netflix would probably do a controller that they'd just send you, and it would connect no to your way. TV somehow. Really? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah a, a, a dongle that you stick in the back of your TV. But that's not sustainable, right? That's what I'm saying. You should. Just, but like, there's already Microsoft, PlayStation, the, the Netflix. Surely, is that there? Well, that's why it's going to be interesting to see how this it. turns out. That's why it's going to be interesting oh, to see how this man. turns out. Okay, we'll call it there. Um, we don't. Uh, this is you, but fucking. What do they have to do now? <laughs> right. What do they have to, to do what now? Do next? <laughs> what do they have to do now is they got to go on to the Apple Podcast app, find us on there, and give us a cheeky little five star rating. Five. Can, yeah, five. Just five. Although more if that the options there, but I don't think it is there. Now you can leave us a review as well. Four, right? If you don't want to leave us a review, you can tell us your favorite movie. You can tell us your favorite movie soundtrack. We love to see, read, and hear all of it. Three. You can also find us on many, many other platforms that you like to listen to your podcasts on, including Spotify and the Acast Two. app. And if you want to get more in, directly in touch with us here on the show, you can find it's us on our email address. One. And that is motionspod at gmail.com. Um, you can also catch us on the gram uh, where we are making some lightning quips, I'm sure, potentially. I can't remember what we're doing there. Um, and thank you very, very much to our wonderful graphics designer, KTC Graphic Design, for the beautiful artwork that you see every time you listen to us to muttering away on poor audio comms or, or yeah absolutely and if you want to pick i believe yeah a little treat yeah and if there. you want to pick yourself up one of our great movie prints you can do so uh from a link in the description and if you enter just the code motions pod 20 at checkout you get a cheeky little 20 percent discount it. which just is do it. fabulous put your phone down stop put your phone down now i'm talking to you and go or pick it up again click on the link and just do it yeah I agree. It's like a, Just do it. It's, it's like it's like a mild. Do it like Shia LaBeouf. I was gonna say Shia LaBeouf. Nice. Um, we don't know what we're doing next week, do we? God, this this is a fun little habit we fall yeah, into. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> what are we doing? Emails. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, I guess we're gonna have to do Suicide Squad at some point in time, and obviously we did Sixth Sense because Old's coming out. So I would say Old and Bloody Suicide Squad are probably pretty soon, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, probably the uh, hot contenders. Yeah. Yeah, we really done Suicide Squad last time, which is one of the greatest film ever, but we've already done it. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much for listening, everyone. And we'll speak to you again next week. Until then, bye now. All right, guys. Ta-ta.